0: You're listening to WERA LP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. It's
1: impossible to get to a place of non judging awareness without
0: a pause. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to Be Curious. Welcome, and Happy New Year! This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. And when better to invest in a little curiosity than the start of something new. But here's the thing. We expend a lot of energy on making promises to ourselves at the new year. Promises that are often based on judgments about our own shortcomings. So I'm channeling Walt Whitman here and saying, be curious, not judgmental. How might we carry that spirit into the new year? Rather than New Year's resolutions, I propose New Year's Reflections. The inspiration for this came a few years ago when I came upon an article in Forbes magazine of all places with a list of 20 questions to ask oneself at the start of the year. I turned that simple list into three weeks of journaling, focusing on one question each day. Questions like, what am I most proud of? What do I wish I did differently in the year? What did I resist the most and why? What new skills did I acquire? It was the last one I mentioned about new skills that stopped me up. I didn't like the answers I had or frankly didn't have to that one. And I started thinking about what skills I might like to acquire and promptly signed myself up for an improv class. I did not see that one coming at all. I would never have put that on the list of resolutions But with reflection, I came to it. By posing the questions, by choosing to be curious about how I have or might like to invest my time and attention, I unearthed something both new and actionable and also fun. I loved the class. You won't see me on the improv stage anytime soon. But I carry the lessons with me, and they show up in the most surprising places. So here we are at another new year, even a new decade. And I thought, this approach worked for me. Let's have a curiosity conversation about New Year's reflections, not resolutions. And who better than someone who does a form of this exploration on a daily basis, both professionally, but I think personally as well. Christine Wood is founder and principal of Core Skills, LLC, With an impressive background in finance, Christine made a pivot in 2007 and has since provided workplace facilitation and training on a range of subjects around communications, leadership, and organizational wellness. As she says on her website, her vision is twofold. A world where skillful communication makes cooperation, not conflict, the norm. And a world where self-awareness and skillful choices lead to individual health and happiness, and a better global environment and economy. That's all. Self-awareness and skillful choices. That's everything. So welcome, Christine. Thank
1: you, Len. Thank you for welcoming me into your community of the curious. (laughs) I'm
0: excited about it. So as we were preparing for this and talking about it, you made this really interesting distinction about awareness and knowledge and I thought that's probably a really good place to start spin that out for everyone else what do you see there well it's about
1: specifically questions Mm -hmm. knowledge questions versus awareness questions and a, a knowledge question is just what we would imagine I'm seeking some information so I ask a question and I get that information in return the questions that are more about awareness you' you don't know what answer you're looking for, necessarily. Yeah. You're just trying to raise the bar of awareness if you um, are familiar with Joseph Campbell, right? He's got a there's a circle which is yourself, and then there's a horizontal line through the circle, and above the line is what you're conscious of. and below the line is what you're not conscious right. of. and so the the attempt to ask questions that, that lower that line. So that, that more of the circle is awareness. Right. Yeah. We're more aware of what makes us tick and where we come from and how we choose things and what how resistance shows up. You mentioned resistance in your introduction. How resistance shows up for us and what does that mean and mm-hmm. then what can we do about it?
0: Right, right. And so when you look at self-awareness in your work with your clients, mm-hmm. you're helping them dig in a little bit you're having them ask questions how do you help them build lower that line and Mm. build that body of self-awareness well
1: as is typical when you're working with teams in a workplace some of the self-awareness starts out at the place like the Uh Myers-Briggs or the discs or things like that to just raise your awareness of maybe it's strengths finder what are you good at what are you naturally prone to doing or not doing how do you typically show up and that's a that's a great place to start. When we start then looking at more situational awareness and awareness of how other people, what their disk profile might yeah. be, for example, or just how we are working together as a team and a, d- a dynamic, and then beyond that to my organization – How does the way I show up, how do my behaviors and how do your behaviors contribute to this, the culture of our organization? What are our values, what are the behaviors, and then what are the processes that we put into place to create a culture? Because culture in any organization will happen. <laughs> it's just a question <laughs> of will out. how yep. intentionally you yeah, yeah. put it together or if it just happens on its own and then you just deal with it. That
0: context, it's not just work, right? I right. mean, we're in context everywhere, every moment, all the time. Exactly. And so bringing some awareness to that and reflecting on sort of where we fit, how we fit... How we're vibrating, I guess, in relation to the rest of that,
1: is really important. Yeah. Well, and and you point out this idea of self awareness, but then how does that? Sh- how do you show up, and how do you react vis a vis others around yeah. you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was thinking a lot about John Dewey's line about we don't learn from experience; we learn by reflecting mm. on experience. So, spin that out a little bit in terms of. You know, we have these experiences. We think about them. But thinking about them and really learning from them or getting self-aware around them, are, they're, they're different things, aren't they? Yeah, I think that in order to go
1: beyond the, the Myers-Briggs level, we'll say uh-huh. in this case, we have no choice but to tap into the emotion of it then, right. too. And part of that, in my mind, is your, my physiology, right? The what do I feel? Yeah, you know, does my heart rate elevate? I know you and I have talked a lot about brain related things, right? And this idea that uh, there are different parts of your brain that are active at in different moments, and that If you've got a fight or flight mechanism triggered, in other words, if there's a high emotion situation, whatever that emotion is, we can't use our prefrontal cortex and we can't reason, we can't use language. So in those moments when you're nervous because you're about to give a speech or you're upset because you're in an argument with somebody who you think doesn't value the work that you're doing, it's impossible, literally impossible, to come up with the best words, the right argument, and and put that together in such a way. So if we're not in touch with the emotion, and some of that is through our physiological reaction to that emotion, it's, we've kind of lost the battle before we've even entered the fray.
0: <laughs> well, and knowing that about ourselves and having some strategies for addressing it right. is, that's half the battle, right? It is. So... When you're doing this, either personally or professionally, what kinds of things do you, what kinds of things do you coach people towards to, to get to that awareness? I mean, what mm-hmm. are the things that we ought to be paying attention to? Well,
1: first, our bodies yeah. and how we're reacting to a situation, and and it's always about a pause. It's impossible, in my experience, to get to a place of non judging awareness, without. A pause. So there have been times, you know, uh, in a workplace, for example, where I've been getting a little hot under the collar about whatever's happening, and I have pretended I had a phone call, uh-huh. left the room, uh, taken a few deep breaths. <laughs> uh, when my when I'm parenting my children, when I start breathing audibly, mm-hmm. they know they need to back off. Mm-hmm. So a few deep breaths is always my go-to, and it's been shown in lots of different ways to lower one's blood pressure and kind of get us back into our prefrontal cortex and out of our lizard brain so to speak. Right. But taking that pause and then bringing curiosity to, wow, I just reacted in this way. What do we think that is from? Yeah. And then it goes to your point about reflection. You're not necessarily, or at least I don't necessarily figure it out in that moment when the emotion rose. But later, if I can meditate on it or maybe it comes to me in the shower or when I'm driving somewhere or sometime when I'm not, when my brain isn't very engaged and busy on something. Mm -hmm. That's when sometimes the answers come up, right? Like, oh, you know, I wonder if that's related to this thing or you know what, I think fundamentally, I'm not feeling valued in this relationship and so that is hurtful for me even though that's not
0: the intention. Things like that. I love this idea of the pause. Uh, you know, I think we live in a society that doesn't really create much room for pause. Yeah. <laughs> On the nose, she's pointing at me. Yeah. And I, don't, I can't attribute it. But somebody has a great line about rather than uh, saying, don't just sit there, do something. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't just do something. Sit there. Mm-hmm. Even at 15 seconds. 15 minutes, whatever it is, to sort of break the momentum of that physical, beyond our control response, to at least, as you say, like put a pin in it. You don't have to solve it right then, but it's like, okay, I'm gonna come back to this. And and then when you do have the opportunity of time and reflection and a little oxygen and and space to sort of process it. So building in those pauses moment to moment, but also day to day, that's an important practice, isn't it?
1: I agree. But I think people often get frightened by the idea of, oh, I have to carve out a substantial amount of time to sit and contemplate my navel, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't think that's the way it goes. You talk about moment to moment. I Mm -hmm. wrote an article a long time ago for a wellness newsletter called Meditation for the Rest of Us because I have have a hard time just sitting still, like Uh many people do, right? Uh But there are lots of ways that we can incorporate just a momentary pause, whether it's deep breathing at a stoplight or at a don't walk signal, right? Uh Or if you're when you're standing in line and then going to back to the point that I made before about when you're driving or in the shower, if you're not also listening to the radio and doing 12 other things at the same time, you don't always have to not do anything but just do one thing. Uh-huh. Like if you're just <laughs> preparing dinner, if you're uh-huh. just chopping up the vegetables, sometimes that's enough headspace to kind of create this you know, this ease
0: where, oh, that bright idea comes up or that insight. Well, you know what I like about that? One of the reasons that I think so many people feel frustrated by their resolutions mm-hmm. is that they're add-ons. Mm-hmm. And what you're offering is a strategy for incorporation as opposed to addition mm-hmm. so that, uh, you know, you're doing something meditative like mm-hmm. chopping vegetables or emptying the dishwasher or whatever. Use that as kind of you time as opposed to this is chore time. It's- exactly. Ah, very okay. mm-hmm. nice. I folding like. laundry. That's a good one.
1: Oh. I now don't mind folding laundry because it's quiet time. <sighs> yeah, it's good. And you can use it. Yeah, and I've made it a walking meditation where I fold one thing and then I walk it to its place, and then I fold another thing and I walk it to its place. It's super inefficient. Efficiency, <laughs> I think, is a little bit the enemy of mindfulness, because uh, of when yeah. we're when we're hyper efficient, we don't have the space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think there is value in sort of an annual process of kind of taking a longer pause potentially and sort of doing the kind of break the momentum, if you will, and reflect? Or is that an arbitrary thing?
1: I think it's different for every person. I mean, certainly the the mindfulness professionals mm-hmm. will say, yes, a, a annual at least, bigger pause. I'm part of a, a mindfulness group this year called the Year of Living Mindfully that I started in October. So this is my new personal practice around, wow, how am I going to be mindful? Maybe I will actually end up with a seated meditation practice. It's possible. (laughs) Anything is possible. But that certainly one of their recommendations is, first of all, daily practice of some kind, Uh even if it's just short bursts of mindfulness. But then yes, annually. And they advocate for like a week-long, silent the pasana retreat. So oh, wow. so I'm going to do that for the first time in February. Wow. But I've done maybe 3 or 4 day retreats before mm-hmm. in silence and it's and it is cleansing. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but the discomfort should bring up our curiosity. Mm. Right? The discomfort is the resistance and and that is the prime place to drill down with curiosity.
0: Talk more about that.
1: So so anytime we're feeling resistance, yeah. like, oh, this is uncomfortable, or I don't like this, or I don't like this interaction, usually underlying that is, again, an emotion, right? right? And so just being curious about investigating what that is will lower the line that we talked about, that Joseph yeah. Campbell line about yeah. consciousness.
0: Yeah. I I think my shorthand for that is I'll often say that I need to go towards the fear when mm-hmm. I find myself. Right. You know, kind of avoiding something—it's a sure sign.
1: Yes, that I
0: need—I actually need to not be avoiding it, and I need to go towards it in some fashion. Right. When
1: you're ready. Right. To, I mean, there are right. definitely right. There things are for people, do and that, right, and and being curious about that—is this? Wow. So, going back to this idea of non-judging awareness, that's a perfect time to say, "Hmm, I am aware that I have fear about this." Yeah what do I think about that? Is this, now that I've recognized it, is this a time when I can explore that? And sometimes the answer is no. Yeah. But then you, as you say, you put a pin in it and say, okay, well, we'll come back to that later. Yeah. And ultimately it's likely it will surface again and you'll have another, another opportunity to revisit it. But, but yeah, being, I mean, curiosity is,
0: it's the key. (laughs) I want to I want to pause on the the judgment mm-hmm. thing because I know that was something that when we were talking about having this conversation we were talking about talking about this <laughs> we we both came to this issue of judgment and how much we impose judgment on ourselves. Do you have strategies around that?
1: I often come back to this phrase about non-judging awareness. I like you know, that Being a, I do too. And so being aware of something without attributing a value to it, I I find that that is really helpful. And And the judgment, I have found that I personally need to practice not judging others at least as much as not judging myself. Mm-hmm. And it isn't mm-hmm. typically out loud, but it is quietly in my mind when the person at the Gap isn't folding the shirts the way I would like them to. Mm-hmm. Or, or something completely trivial and ridiculous like that. Oh, the driver who just <laughs> cut me off in traffic. Uh-huh. I definitely immediately have a judgment about them. Uh-huh. But the practice of backing off of that and, again, creating the pause, so I take a breath, and then thinking through, well, I mean, those are just stories. Any judgment, whether it's judging ourselves or other people, is a story that we're telling ourselves. And 90% of the time, the stories are not accurate. We don't have all the information, certainly right. about other people. Right. So if we can be curious about that judgment and the story that's behind it, I think that helps us pull the threads a little bit and get a better sense of what's going on.
0: I like that. Judgment of other people is is a kind of an insult not only to them but to ourselves, isn't it? I mean, we're not we're not being as respectful of the whole story for other people when we impose that judgment, and we sort of then create this box for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really thought of it that way until you just kind of spelled that out. So thank you for that. Because, you know, I go there, too. Mm -hmm. You know, we all go to that place and, and kind of pulling back from it and going, well, how else might I see this? How else might I interpret this? Which is one of my favorite, you know, kind of curiosity practices. Mm -hmm. It's like, like, how might I X, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And again, sort of bringing it back to the new year, how might I go into this new year? You know, in this way or that way. So are there are there questions that you ask yourself on the sort of the how might I level? Well,
1: going back a little bit to something that you said about about what I call choosing a perspective. Right. Oh, there's yeah. an exercise that I do with in workplaces and other places where we put tape on the floor and make a pie essentially right uh-huh. I, it's called it I call it the perspective pie and in the middle of the pie you can put a, on a piece of paper anything the you know the person cutting you off in traffic boom that's just an objective thing that happened but then we can choose it's like a muscle we can exercise perspectives about that. So when somebody cuts me off in traffic, my first perspective is likely to be, what a jerk, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. But what are some of the other perspectives we can try on? I'm going to give one, then Lynn, maybe you've got a perspective Uh you want to share. But one of my favorites is, oh, Poor guy. He really wanted to be a NASCAR driver, uh-huh. but instead he's something much less interesting than that. And Stuck so here in this is in Northern Virginia. yeah, this is his out. Boy, uh-huh. you know, I hope that gave him a little bit of joy. Uh-huh. You know, or I don't know. Is there a perspective a, that comes to
0: mind? There's a family emergency, and right. he needs to get somewhere faster than I need to get where I need to go.
1: Right. So in all of these little incidences every day where we are prone to judgment, uh-huh. which is all of us. Yeah. It doesn't make anybody a bad person. We can pause and then choose a new perspective. And my mantra or focus this past year has been joy, so I'm trying to pick fun perspectives nice. when I think about that. Just like what what's another explanation for this? Just one of the things that I say in some of my literature is just relax your certainty. Right, we, we show up Ooh. so certain that my, our judgment is accurate, that the story we're telling ourselves in our heads is mm-hmm. the right one, mm-hmm. that your motivation for doing what you did is exactly what I think. And like I say, 90% of the time, that's not the case. So if we can just relax our certainty that we know and we're right and we're the smartest person in the room, wow, it opens up a lot of possibility.
0: Well, I... Love that. So are there things that going into the new year, the new decade, you're reflecting on?
1: I don't tend to do it at the new year. Mm -hmm. I tend to bring it up as it comes to me. So it's probably been at least two and a half years that sort of my reflection or mantra has been around ease and flow those are my words i like to i'm a very word person uh-huh. i like words and so adopting a couple of words for my intention or my focus is typically helpful for me and i was at a time when i was really trying to figure out what do i want to be when i grow up and what's important and am i achieving x or y in the way that i want to and i i felt a lot of grasping like i was mm. i was reaching and grasping for things in a way that I don't know, didn't feel spacious and didn't feel helpful and just made me feel like I was judging myself. Mm-hmm. And so my, my, my focus or reflection for two and a half years now has been ease and flow, you know, just sort of being more easy or easeful uh-huh. with things and just kind of letting things flow. For me, it's not first of the year. And it tends to be a word that I focus on. And then I just try to bring that up to Start my mindfulness, my mindful moment.
0: Nice. So that's a lovely segue to the words in my big jar of wannabe oh, analogies. now. I can't wait. Oh, good. Okay. So reach in. Let's see what we find here. And would you like to go or you want me to go first? <clears throat> well,
1: I think that typically you go first so that we can think okay. a little bit. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're more practiced at okay. this than we are.
0: So I have mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, How is curiosity like mashed potatoes? Uh, So I'm going to say that um, curiosity is like mashed potatoes because, well, for two reasons, for me anyway. One, mashed potatoes are comfort food, and curiosity has actually become a comfort to me. But also mashed potatoes are potatoes in a wholly different form. Like they have been transformed. And I think curiosity does that as well. And the way that you talked about perspective, Mm -hmm. it transforms our experience of a thing. And a mashed potato is different than other forms of potatoes. So that's what I've got.
1: What do you have? Mine is spring rain. Mm -hmm. And it would be pretty easy to just say, well, spring rain is like curiosity or vice versa, because it nourishes and allows things to grow, right? But I would just add to it that um, also there are while generally it's great, and a spring rain is fabulous, like curiosity, sometimes it's maybe not the right place or time. Like if you are trying to have a, <laughs> yeah, you know, if you are trying to have a picnic, a spring rain is a little bit of a, of a bummer. And yeah. sometimes curiosity shows up, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Sometimes I might show up as a curious person and want to ask questions about somebody and their background, and it's maybe not appropriate. So I need to know to, in this case, bring an umbrella. Or, you know, do something that and not just rain on everybody all the time.
0: See, I love that you brought that back around to self-awareness right there. See how you did that? That was elegant. That's
1: why I'm a professional. I
0: (laughs) do it clearly. And audience, yours is beads. How is curiosity like beads? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Well Christine, thank you so much for this and I am looking forward to reflecting with you in the year and the decade to come. The decade, wow. I know. I hadn't really thought about that. Me either, until literally
1: this morning. (laughs) All right, well, that's something more to reflect on then.
0: You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can hear all my previous shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, Soundcloud, and Facebook, all at Choose to be Curious and on my website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. Don't forget to send us your beads analogy, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Christine Wood. Links to Core Skills and that Forbes list of questions on my website. Our theme music is by Sean Ballack and up, 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 and over by The Balloonist at Blue Dot Sessions. So, as you contemplate the new year, how might you bring curiosity forward? What questions might you ask yourself that open possibilities for you? And where might you take a pause? I hope you'll join me again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. So... One of the many things I love about what you've just said is the, the generosity you've brought to this. And it's not just the generosity of your sharing your thinking. It's also the generosity to all of us of creating that pause, of stepping back from the judgment.
1: Yeah. Why are we so reluctant to give to ourselves in this case or to others especially when it's something that takes no extra resource right and and pays such great dividends whether it's giving ourselves the space and time and being generous around that or to be generous with another with another person that's the best gift I'm, that we can give and I certainly we could use more of that
0: Choose to Be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova Househunter.